If you're a business owner or senior manager, you probably had more than enough about all the wonderful opportunities awaiting you in the era of digitalization. Whether it is big data, cloud, data science, or whatever buzzword is currently trendy. If you would like to hear someone dissecting these claims and showing you what it actually takes to improve business processes, you're in the right place. This is Between Data and Risk, where we discuss real-life examples of what works and what doesn't in the world of business operations. Hi, I'm your friendly neighborhood data guy, Dr. Marian Siwiak, and with me is my co-host, Artur Guja, Cognition Shared Solutions Chief Risk and Strategy Officer. Hello. Welcome to the fourth episode of Between Data and Risk. Today, we'll be talking about ego-related risk in business. Uh, I think a good place to start would be titles. And uh, actually, we have been contacted by uh, our listeners that I have been mispronouncing your unofficial title. Uh, instead of uh, friendly neighborhood data guy, I did say neighborhood friendly data guy. Uh, I promise to get uh, my comic references uh, correct from now on. Uh, so, uh, you know, to all those who pointed it out, uh, may the force be with you, as Captain Picard said to Batman. And, uh, you know, corporate titles. Uh, there are some some weird ones uh, out there. Uh, I have a few examples which I can share with you. Uh, for example, uh, Head Unicorn Wrangler or Emperor of Bitland. By the way, those two are for CTOs. Or uh, for from Yahoo, uh, still exists, uh, the, the, the chief information security officer uh, has... Uh, Apparently, uh, according to this article, uh, an official title of paranoid in chief, uh, which uh, which is you know, meaningful. I I like it. I personally like it. It is meaningful, but how it how it actually relates to to ego? Uh, having uh, these corporate titles uh, is in some in some uh, circles is viewed as uh, breaking with the corporate tedium. You know. Give yourself funny titles. Have uh, you know a, a new new modern corporate culture, but in in some cases it can be a risk of overinflating certain egos uh, when the accountability is seen as following the title, not the title following the accountability. But what is the accountability of Chief Unicorn Wrangler? I get. I'm trying well, to that, guess. If you uh, well, that's that's maybe a, a bit whimsical, but if you're if you're the emperor of Bitland, or or the technology guru, uh, if it's if it's used for for whimsical purposes, it's fine. But if you start thinking that you if you have a title of technology guru, you must be treated as a guru, and your word is is holy on all things technical. That when it becomes a bit. A bit problematic. I, right? uh, if you, if I may, I, I I see a bit different different risk, which you know, uh, maybe let, let's move a bit from from the titles themselves. Uh, but the the title is there to, as you mentioned, show your accountability, your role, especially in a big organization, is to enable others communicate with you. You don't need to be. Uh, highly titled to feel highly entitled, if you know what I mean. Uh, I would like to focus maybe more on on, on uh, what are the risks of overinflated egos in the working place. And uh, on the other hand, can we really turn us into, into perfectly polished cogs uh, like we have in our logo, uh, which you know turn X times when some other turns Y times. Uh, people are r running from this tedium for for a reason, and maybe not only for a selfish reason of feeling human, which is I don't understand why, but some people have that. Uh, but just to remain sane and productive and and have some connection to the work, it's hard to feel personally like 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 deeply connected to to something that you know 6400 people in your working place 
you know, have the same title, same same job description. I'll, I'll I'll give you a perfect example. My first job ever, I was working for uh, for uh, well anyone who uh, looks up my my CV on uh, on LinkedIn uh, will will know. So I won't even hide. I was working for Barclays as as IT, and we had a we had a, a team. I was an IT developer in a team, a junior developer, and we had a pretty good good working team, and we didn't pretty much care about titles except one guy. Uh, he had a PhD. So you you can relate. Uh, he wasn't the only PhD in the team. Uh, he wasn't the oldest PhD or, or or even the most experienced. He was he was the only one who insisted on being called doctor. Uh, even in informal settings, uh, you know, he was doctor. Hello, I won't mention I'm the his doctor. name. Yeah. Uh, doctor he was Doctor Ted. Yeah, Doctor Ted, not Doctor Who. <laughs> Yeah, uh, he w- he was Doctor Ted. Let's let's call him Ted. Mm-hmm. Uh, wasn't his name, but so he wasn't just Ted. He wasn't you know Teddy. Uh, hello, you know he was Doctor Ted, and he insisted on it. Uh, that to me doesn't spell out a, a healthy ego, right? Now, uh, if if some if someone comes up to me and and says, yeah, hello, I'm 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 Ted, but you know. From now on, call me uh, the emperor of Bitland. Yeah, weird, funny, maybe you know, society. But if you know that a different example, someone comes comes up to you, you know, uh, team introduces you uh, as a new Im- Im- employee, uh, and everyone says, "Okay, yeah, I'm I'm Jane, I'm Ted, I'm I'm Bobby." Oh, and this is this is Zeke, and you know, Zeke, you know. Everyone calls him Emperor of Bitland. Perfectly healthy, I think. This is this is the kind of the camaraderie that that, that, that builds. The, the risk that comes with this, and why why I mentioned mentioned uh, Doctor Ted, uh, the the risk that comes with with overinflated egos in business process is the blindness to any problems that come uh, that may. Deter you from uh, the preconceived kind of strategy, path, process, or whatever. If you think you are right, and you think you must be right, and here we'll we'll talk about two different kinds of blinds. Then 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 you will be blind to problems that 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 come, you know, your way. And the two kinds of blindness that I would I would uh, differentiate is the kind of uh, subconscious blindness. And the absolutely conscious blindness. Uh, one is, you know, I'm the emperor of Bitland, so I must be right. Everything that's it's a form of confirmation bias. Everything that that says I'm wrong must be wrong itself. So I'll just ignore it. But there's a, a second kind of all I wouldn't call maybe conscious blindness, almost conscious blindness, is I am accountable for this process. Therefore, I must ignore everything that is wrong with it because I have to be seen to be right. And it's summarized very nicely in uh, this. Uh, I don't. I actually don't know where this phrase comes from, but I love this phrase. It doesn't matter whether you're right or wrong as long as you're consistent. All right. Uh, it's. I actually. I think it was Terry Pratchett who wrote this. Uh, right. So it. It. It's. It's this kind of mentality. It doesn't matter whether I'm ra- right or wrong as long as I'm consistent. Uh, that that that's a great risk in business, I think, and it comes from ego. Uh, does it come from ego, or does it more often come from fear of, like you know, imposter syndrome, and I would say lack of self confidence? I'm trying to be consistent, to be seen uh, strong, and to be well oriented because i made my decisions and i stick to them whatever you know and and, and they have an imposter syndrome and if i would show any sign of weakness uh they will they will eat me alive they will recognize that i'm not you know as good as maybe they think or i would like them to think that they are that i am i think with semi-conscious blindness and and uh this uh, sticking to because from my experience in in, in cognition solutions when we were working with processes uh, when we were 
as you as you know, uh, our trilateral process is connecting process flow with data and risk. And introducing the risk was the breaking point. Like when we started with just doing data science, as uh, as our company started, people uh, were not not using... breaking point, a breakthrough point. Breakthrough point, absolutely. I'm so sorry. So the <laughs> break, break breakthrough point. So we started as a data science company. We were preparing some models which were supposed to to to, to help in some general processes like predictors for, I don't know, demand forecasting or you know different. Uh, kinds of uh, predictions and sometime later we were checking up with clients and they were saying that they are not really using it so we started to add it to actual processes trying to identify where in the process this model should be really used and help companies uh, put these models and the results in front of the right people and it still didn't work as well as it should and in the end adding the risk layer was the breakthrough point uh, where the people started to understand, okay, I cannot justify my decision only by saying I did the same thing 20, 30, 50 times over, over the last 10, 20, 50 years. Uh, they had to own up the decision with the understanding what are the risks of making decision, what are the, the, the risk appetites and what are the quantified consequences of decision even if this decision is uh, lack of one seemingly like okay let's let's roll as we used to do so so mm -hmm. uh, not changing your decision is not a sign because ego in in my mind is it may be a healthy thing i believe ego can be a healthy thing so I'm really waiting for you to, to, to show me that it's not. Because if you have ego, you have the need to, to do stuff to your best ability uh, to, to confirm this ego to, to yourself. It's not like, you know, the, 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 the external validation. I think it's a... I, I see the problem of external validation, the need of external validation as a far greater risk. You try to be conform, conformistic. If there is such a word. Uh, no, that, but that's that's not that's that's not that's not ego. See, the the the, the, the problem is, uh, you know, having having an ego is a good thing because it gives you a certain confidence. And any any psychologist uh, will will tell you having an ego is is, is a good thing. Having an overinflated ego, uh, having having overconfidence is is something completely different. Uh, it's called I think what you mentioned is. It? Yeah, something like that. Uh, what you mentioned, having the, the 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 confidence in your in your own abilities, is is good when it's uh, uh, coupled with a certain humbleness. Uh, you know that you may be wrong, questioning yourself. You may be, you may be confident on the outside. On the inside, you have to question your assumptions. We said we talked in uh, I think in episode two about questioning your assumptions. And I think it's a very healthy thing. It's not. It's not a, a sign of having a, a weak, uh, weak mind or weak ego when you when you question your own assumptions. Uh, everything in moderation, obviously. But uh, the, the 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 thing is, uh, when when you allow your ego to overrule any uh, doubts you have about your your decisions, and and cause it to. Uh, flash away, almost ignore any signs that your decisions may be wrong. Your decisions are right because they are not because they are supported by data. It's because they're done by you. That becomes a problem. And, uh, you know, My question, in terms of... In I terms think, of I, I, I'm sorry. I think it's, it's, it's true and it's, it's obviously true. We're, we're bordering the truism here just to make it a bit maybe more interesting to our, to our, to our listeners. Like, how do you how would you differentiate these two, but not only in yourself, but in your team? When, when, how do you distinguish between a strong leader, someone that makes up his mind and until he's proven wrong, he's, he, he's driving some vision uh, from uh, someone who is driving a vision because it's his own and he's not deviating, not because he didn't encounter sufficient data uh, to to change his mind, but because he's 
incapable of accepting new data points, changing the previous assumptions, which should lead to to, to change in 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 actions. It, I think your question is stated very, in a very interesting way, and uh, and uh, there is a hidden assumption in, inside it. It's that a, a good leader is someone who uh, a strong leader is someone who drives their vision until it's proven wrong. I think that's uh, I, th- I think a good leader is someone. That, you know, there are books and books written on leadership, and uh, there are lots of theories. To me, a good leader is someone who can absorb. Uh, feedback about their their their, their decisions, their leadership, Absolutely. their vision, mm-hmm. uh, and this is the data that I uh, mentioned that that can change his vision. This is exactly the. Uh, I, I'm not denying it. I'm just saying that unless there is sufficient data to change his vision, he should stick to it, not change it depending on to whom he's talking. So different vision for uh, your manager. Yeah, con- cons- for consistency. It doesn't matter but, if I'm you know, right or wrong. Be, cons- be consistent. No, but this is this is we're 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 we're. I think we can agree that the first part is it's not that that consistency is wrong. Consistency is absolutely right. It's the being uh, right or wrong, regardless. Right? Is 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 uh, so is, is that? Let me rephrase. So let me rephrase. Uh, I don't have an assumption that strong leader is someone who is driving his vision no matter what. What I am saying, he's driving his vision until proven wrong, and being proven wrong, a readiness to accept the feedback, to to constantly monitor the progress, monitor the results that he's getting. It's all inside, okay? It's it, I just maybe oversimplified it, but that's what I meant. You have a leader, he needs to have a vision, he needs to believe in it, and he needs to be able to... Now we have all these books about how to incite the excitement in the people, what's the difference between a leader who is leading from up front, from a manager who is uh, slave driving from, from the back, yada, yada, yada. But the question is, you have a guy and people are complaining, yeah, this guy is is uh, really driving his vision. He wants his vision to 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 be uh, to be seen through. And how do you different, different, differentiate from complaints of people who just want to be left alone and the guy who is wanting to change something and actually has a vision is not very comfortable to be around when they have very small complacency spheres and they want them to actually move uh, from the actual uh, justified complaint this guy is driving everybody crazy because he tries to prove his point and make us do things his way maybe even his way is not better or worse it's just you know his and everybody needs to jump as he as he says how do you differentiate I think that I think I think you don't differentiate because there's 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 something that you're you're missing here. One is that uh, the the one thing that you're missing is that a person who tries to drive their vision through, uh, regardless of what their motivation, if they're unable to get the buy-in, the support, if they're just driving their vision without actually uh, making people warm up to their vision. They're equally as, are, as bad. It doesn't. It doesn't matter what their motivation is. Uh, I don't. A believe, good leader is someone who can get support, no, but not from everybody. And there are there will be different people complaining to different uh, different changes, because I've seen then, in in both my let's say professional and consulting uh, careers people who were just resistant to change. They, they were just this way. They just wanted to be left alone. They did their way. Uh, again, this is. Another interesting thing, I have my way, I've been doing it for 10, 22 years, uh, and I will not change no matter what unless some CEO will come and then I will tell him that I will change and I won't, I will boycott everything. So I don't agree that a good leader is the one who can get everybody on board. No, some people are unboardable, so to speak. Well, then I have an advi- uh, have some advice for the person who actually has the vision, and tying into our previous episode when we spoke to Yu Chen Chan about about entrepreneurs, and we kind of touched on the the correct uh, mindset or, or, or personality of an entrepreneur. That person should get their own business because if they have the vision, 
if they have the the drive uh, to actually and the ability behind it to 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 get things uh, done a certain way and that that way is exciting and new that they should start their own business they should be an entrepreneur you, you you want to tell me that in a big corporations people who have vision and drive and want to change something they have nothing to 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 look for that's a big no, not, that's a that's a big that's no, a big that's, that's not exactly what i said if if the if the person is finding uh, that they cannot uh, that they live in a, they work in a in a structure in a culture which is that uh, kind of uh, solidified then they should probably I, I, start their own business. this time i didn't say that the culture and uh, that the culture is solidified i just told you that there will be people most likely who will be complaining some of them rightfully, some <laughs> of them wrongfully. But that's wrong a truism. Yes, and the question is, how do you differentiate the situation where the leader is trying to drive the necessary change and there are obstructionists complaining about him and you have a leader who is driving his vision, uh, let's say, driven by ego, not by you know business need or whatever else. And you have complaints from people who are resisting to this change, not because they are obstructionist, but because they see that the vision they are and uh, and, and from which which vantage point are you are you considering this? Are you are you manager, the manager yes, of yes, that visionary? You, yes, you are manager of the of the vision. You 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 ask the person then it should be perfectly simple. You you ask you ask about the sub, the the that person about the support for the you know the supporting data the supporting information, and uh, if if you see if 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 there are indeed red flags uh, that that you see either from that person or from from the person from the people who are complaining, uh, you can make up their your own mind. I'm I'm sure people have. The, the ability to make up their own mind they don't have to uh, you know if, if someone if someone comes comes up to me I in in my last uh, few years as a, as a CRO if someone came to me and said there is a problem uh sometimes it was a problem sometimes it wasn't a problem and they just wanted to make it a problem I gathered the data I looked at the problem and I decided whether it was a problem or not. Uh, because I was accountable for it, I had to make that decision. If I was not able to make that distinction, then I wouldn't be doing my job. Okay, this answers my question. So look at the data. I think we had a whole episode <laughs> yeah, on, you're, on look you're at the, the data. data guy. Uh, so, so, so listen to what data is telling you. Uh, didn't we say that in the first episode? I'm I'm not sure. I I can't remember really. <laughs> uh, let's let's, uh, let's so 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 you think that there is a connection between data and uh, evaluation of ego inflation level, so to speak. Actually, we, we should think of ego inflation. There is there index. There, there were concepts uh, concepts uh, that I encountered before. Uh, egoless driving was a concept which was developed as a as a proposed kind of a school of thought that when you dr when you drive you should leave your ego kind of in the back seat uh, to avoid road rage to avoid you know uh, forcing forcing your uh, priority onto others. Uh, it, it's it's a good concept. It's very hard, obviously. It's, it's easier said than done, uh, but it's it's a good concept. The, uh, on a di completely different front, there was a, a concept of egoless programming. I used to be a developer, and I was actually given a workshop on egoless programming: how to uh, write code in such a way that you don't tie your sense of well-being and your sense of uh, personal value with the code that you're writing. And if someone is finding bugs in your code, it doesn't reflect on you as a as a person. Doesn't diminish your worth. They're just doing their job as a tester. They're finding bugs. You fix them. So I why think, not have uh, egoless managing, egoless uh, process design, where you know you're a person. Leave your ego kind of in the corner in your office. Manage. The processes within your company—they're not going to be perfect. Just acknowledge it. If there are problems, fix them. 
don't let your ego overrule. Oh no, there are no problems. I, I'm right. Every, every everyone else is wrong, and e egoless management should be a thing. But absolutely, I I, I don't. If it's a repeatable process like coding, uh, then you can do different things with it. Oh, you're like, treading on thin ice here, my friend. I do, I do consciously. I love the 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 the, the, the sound of cracking. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you know, otherwise you wouldn't be able to work in sprints. You know, uh, in data science on on research, <laughs> there is no working in sprints. You cannot actually, when you have creative work, you cannot put it into manageable chunks you never know what's behind the next corner but let's uh, uh, jokes aside um, let's uh, let's focus on ego ego egoless management uh, if you have repeatable process not requiring really your personal involvement you could do it you know automated and uh, a little of, 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 of bragging. I think uh, our trilayer uh, is getting close to be ready to be used in, in actual business process automation uh, when the decisions can be evaluated in the context of the risks. Uh, we, we can actually automate some actual business decisions, not only uh, the technical ones, you know, pretty obvious from from the from the sensory readings and stuff like that. But if you have a change which needs to happen, you need to to find a new way of doing stuff. Or if you want really drive people and and pull people behind you, uh, I don't know how about you, but I didn't mean met many great leaders who didn't have this charisma coming from from. Also, their ego, their personality. You said you said yourself having an ego is not a bad thing. And now you're talking about egoless, not overinflated egoless. No, egoless management. You become a soulless machine designed solely to execute some some yeah. puzzles. You know, put them all together. Uh, where is the problem? Let me explain it different. Let let me explain different differently. I uh, had a manager, uh, a great mentor of mine, uh, who um, had a, a, a very big ego. He's, you know, the, the moment you met him, you knew that this guy thought the world of himself, right? And. Uh, in, in kind of casual conversation, it, it came out and uh, he always liked to brag about his achievements and, you know. But he and, had them. But uh, he had, he, 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 he had achievements. He was, he was really a, 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 a very, very accomplished uh, person. He had great knowledge, but he likes to, he liked to strut it. And when, when he came into, into a room, he was in the room. You could, you could, see that he was in the room. There was a difference. The way he managed, and this is why I liked working with him, the way he managed, he actually, you could see his ego going down and he asked questions. He was not uh, be kind of above asking even, you know, the, 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 the lowest person in the room about their opinion, listening to that. Then his ego immediately jumped back up and he made a decision and his decision was final, but not before he actually was sure that he got the inputs. And this is what I mean by egoless management. Don't I don't mean not have an ego, have an ego. But when you are managing, there is a difference. It down. If, you, if, you, if you make a decision on the road, will I take over? Will I stop? Will I turn? Will I wait for the other guy to come? There is absolutely no space for ego. There is only space for uh, cold calculation of the you know risks, consequences, speeds, uh, other stuff. When you are managing, uh, in my opinion, mm, this is this is something that I that I like to joke about uh, about myself that I am so arrogant. I'm so arrogant and and uh, my ego is so so big that I have no problem accepting other people's greatness. 
I don't feel belittled by I, I don't need the feel to the I don't feel the need to belittle anyone. Anyone can give me my awesomeness, new data, which will make me even more awesome and make my decisions even awesomener, if there is such a word. I don't think there is. Uh You, you you see it's but that's it's, that's kind of almost taking taking uh, ego you know like uh, on the neutron star if you stand on a neutron star you'll be able to see the back of your own head right it's taking ego to such an extent that it becomes humbleness I'm because just, it I, actually makes you <clears throat> in a sense it makes you humble enough to accept other people's input yes but this is you accept you accept that other people may know more than you because you're so confident in your own awesomeness Exactly. That you don't feel threatened by other people giving you better that's, information, better data. That's exactly that's what exactly what I am calling the ego uh the healthy ego. Stable ego. Stable ego. Yes, it's uh, you know, if you feel the need to belittle someone by not listening to them because I think that ignoring people who have data, as you said, the 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 the, the lowest intern, he comes with the data. If you don't want to listen to him, it's uh, it's a sign of of troubles with your self uh, trouble with self -worth. your self worth, self confidence. Yes. So, in my opinion, if you try to uh, uh, stigmatize ego, you lead to situations where people are, are 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 frustrated and they they cannot be sure of their worth because if they show it uh they are made ashamed of it you should be egoless you should be cold and professional and you should be uh you know you shouldn't think about yourself it's now the team uh i think uh, <clears throat> uh the, the the idea behind uh, this Uh, collaborative decision making is there shouldn't be one person making a decision or be accountable for it. Uh, actually, the accountability is, I, I don't think it's solved. I think we should make an episode about it. But, you know, uh, why one person should be, you know, responsible and accountable for it, it's like let's, let, let's spread it because it will make one person to, we don't trust people, uh, it seems. With, with accountability and I think this is becoming a problem like everybody is supposed to just be quiet sit down and and do their work but from our let's say split of of business processes the processes are split to decisions and actions and somebody needs to make a decision they need to take you know some factors into account take some risk and it requires uh, some certain level of trust into their abilities and into their, their, their themselves so they don't try to fuzzy the, the the accountability and responsibility because this is what is uh, driving i don't know i can't remember 70% 80% of people said that working from home is is better because they have fewer meaningless meetings and they can focus on work and the reason for these meetings is people trying to distribute the responsibility let's not make a decision uh, let's not see anyone me making a decision because i will be perceived as having an ego but no we will now uh you know talk about it forever and forever it, this is this is why i think la labels are not very good because yeah if if you just take the label ego rest egoless management it's it it may be interpreted as such but you know if you If, if if you tone down your ego a bit and actually uh, listen to the to the or content up. Or, uh, up. Or, or up as the case may be uh, uh you know uh, you should be confident in your own ability enough to accept that what if other people give you advice corrections uh, feedback It doesn't diminish your self worth, and you know, in in our, you mentioned our three layer uh, process, right? Uh, in our three layer process, we give we we put a lot of stress on accountability always, and accountability should be to uh, should be given to a person or team, obviously because it 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 can be it's not uh, not account in the sense of spreading it accountability to a uh, team. Uh, in 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 a sense that. Uh, Yes, you're right. There is the there is there are, there are layers of it. Yes. Let 
let's let's uh, yeah. Uh, let's 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 leave that for another for another uh, for another time. But that there are there there are, there are times where where you uh, where where you give that uh, yeah correct more correctly responsibility to a to a person or a team. But that that uh, obviously means putting trust in that team in that person uh, that they will be able to to do the, to make the right decision. But we also put a lot of uh, emphasis on making sure that people not only know their bit in the process, but they also know their uh, how their their bit impacts the whole. What is the pla- their place in the whole process in the big scheme of things, so that they can get this feeling of uh, well worth. You know what they do actually matters. And secondly, as a sense of achievement, even if you are, uh, you know, only screwing in this 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 tiny tiny screw in in a machine, if you don't do it, the machine is going to fall 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 over, It's going to fall apart Which... at the end of the process. You may be a small cog in the process, but without that cog, that machine will not work. Which reminds me uh, a story. Mm some mm, uh, furniture producer he orders some hinges from china uh, they were for some fancy fancy furniture and he got like a full container of them the hinges were small so you can imagine there were like a lot of hinges in the container and when he tried to install them the doors were not closing there was a, 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 a there, there was a problem with hinges he actually flew to China. It was, of course, before 2019. And he went to the factory. And the whole process was right. But in the end, there was a lady who was supposed to make a little groove in the hinge. And he looked at, at her and he, he saw that she's doing it with a different tool that she was told. And he asked, why are you doing it with, with this tool? We provided you with a specialized tool which makes the groove exactly the the size and shape it should be said, oh but it's un- uncomfortable i prefer this one uh but, but, well, but apart from it being a clear example of insubordination uh, <laughs> it, it it does illustrate the point that if you don't understand your your function in the process then you're bound to make mistakes because you're not aware what it actually means in the whole in the grand scheme of things right um, and also it shows that People, you really, they want to be able to adjust their work, to do it safely. We need to give them this this space of of, of uh, understanding of you know what is expected in the end, uh, not uh, not just the, the the egoless management of assigning them tasks. Again, I believe that if you have your ego healthily driven and you are willing to accept other people's greatness because they do not you know you don't feel threatened by it you're much better understanding and motivating them explaining them what 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 needs to be done you don't expect them also to blindly follow uh you know the directions because directions can be sometimes you know as 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 we said previously uh you should um, check your assumptions from time to time uh you can't do this if you believe that following blindly uh the mm, the tasks that you've been given uh is is, is something which is which, which is right if you know what i mean uh, Ab- absolutely and uh you know this is this is where the in the three layer the combination of of, of process data and risk comes in because if you if you give people a, a process to follow uh, they, they, you turn them into drones, right? If you if you support that with the correct data and give them an envelope of risk within which they can uh, operate, what you're actually uh, stimulating is innovation because you are giving them a space to operate and you say, this is, this is a safe space within this risk envelope. Optimize, suggest, whatever, di- based on the data, based on your goal, which is your role in the process, 
but within within this this space you are you you should be free to to to, to innovate uh, innovate and uh, and adjust i will i will i will point that if you give somebody a space to innovate you give them a big room and say okay that you know we bring in the package from exit a you know uh, ent- entrance a and we expect this package to be i don't know wrapped up in in in, in exit b uh if you want them to innovate, you need to strike their ego. They need to, to grow, to do things differently. This is what, for me, ego means, is I am good enough to make things even better. If you try to strip them of ego, you will have this package done every time the same. So that's why I said maybe uh, egoless management is a good for, for completely repeatable and already optimized uh, jobs, but I believe such management uh, is prone to be replaced with business process automation. Uh, but feel free to disagree, of course. Is I, th- I, th- I think you're 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 stuck on this on this label. Uh, what 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 I meant in uh, by by egoless management? I gave you the example of of, of my mentor, right? No, absolutely. He was able but, to tone the, but he wasn't tone down egoless. his ego. He wasn't egoless. He had ego. His ego. The moment he the feel. moment he was managing, he was egoless because he allowed himself to be corrected. He allowed himself to be. Uh, you, know, you given you to be given you data but you 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 this is you, you now put uh, put uh, the equal sign you uh between ego and being an arrogant beep uh which is not true you said there is an ego an oversized ego an ego is healthy and now you say that any ego means your inability to accept input, your inability to respect people, your inability okay. to listen Over to them. Oh, you, you, you're, 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 you're definitely, uh, you know, on to me to, to, to today to, to try to, to prove uh, that, that I'm wrong and you're right. Your overinflated ego is, is no, I'm, 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 I'm just trying, <laughs> I'm, I'm just trying to keep our definitions straight. I'm a data guy. You, you, you put, you put uh, a definition to, 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 to ego, and now you are, you know, using completely different. And I agree definition. with you. Over. I what I mean is overinflated ego. Uh, overinflated ego. Overinflated I... ego. Bad. Having an ego, having a, a sense of your self worth, of of your of your own awesomeness, is good because it's a creative force. It's a, the difference about the creative and destructive force. I totally agree. If if your if a, if your ego is a creative force, then it's absolutely good. If it becomes, if it starts becoming destructive because it prevents you from seeing uh, red flags that are appearing, from uh, accepting uh, criticism or feedback or data, then it becomes a destructive. I think I, uh, becomes a destructive force. What, what, what you said, like you know, when you don't 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 let even data convince you that you should change anything, uh, it's uh, it's uh, it's absolute danger. Uh, uh, I th- I think we arrived at a at, at a kind of nat- natural convergence uh, where where we can agree that this is uh, you know, uh, but how how th- th- just to maybe uh, you know put this into into a certain perspective where before we f- we, f- we finish. So how do you uh, in a process you you let's say we go to a a, a client uh, company we we look at their process and. Uh, uh, how do we adjust for ego in a process? Well, uh, we draw the map around decisions. And you, you learn what people feel responsible for what decisions, what people feel uh, that the data that they need is input from, from other people, from their team, because it's also a data source in, uh, on, the, on the process map. Uh, you can pretty easily, let's say, during drawing the, the process map, like the, the overinflated ego decisions, they usually have in the first iteration very little incoming uh, data sources. This is for me the, the red flag. If somebody says, oh, I make a decision. Okay, so what is the data that you use? Oh, I don't use data. 
uh, or you know, yeah, I get this report, you know, from 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 you know my, I read it, and 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 uh, you know, I'm done. If somebody has multiple decision points where they have little to no input data, these are most likely to be ego-driven decisions. If somebody is, uh, you know flooding us with okay i i check this i check that i check that sometimes it's it's deep insecurity and it also needs to be sometimes you know these decisions are blocked because of overflow of different inputs that this person requires to make any decision yeah analysis paralysis right yes exactly but it's also pretty easily easily distinguishable like we we support uh change management uh we don't let's say do change management uh, but but we support our clients in, in in because i don't believe it can be done personally i don't believe it can be done from outside but anyway uh we can tell them the managers okay you know here are decisions which will be made we, we can provide them with the best data we can provide them with i don't know dashboards or predictive models or or reports or you know whatnots and it will be ignored and we can tell it from 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 the start this person does not want data to be available because they already know better it's like you know i i I used to joke but i will sell my encyclopedia britannica i got you know married and my wife knows better anyway Uh, (laughs) uh, so this is this is pretty surprisingly the tool which is supposed to 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 objectively map up processes and and just check the, uh, the 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 very process of mapping shows you exactly who who is uh who is who also you know if you if you see that there is a person uh with whom people you can see if subordinates confirm every decision with their boss it also tells you a lot about the structure of company and ego of of and trust put in in uh, in the team uh so the first iteration of the map, the one that we built on the basis of, of, of the interviews with uh, at different layers of of of, uh, of organ, uh, org chart, tells you an awful lot about the culture, about the, the ego of different managers. If the funniest thing is when you have decision and you have like two, three different people responsible for it. And you have, let's say, one guy feeling responsible, but not accountable for multiple decisions, which are actually in other people's processes. It tells you a lot about this person. There is, as I said, Mm -hmm. awful lot uh, you you can derive from the maps about the egos and you know overinflated egos and healthy egos uh, now we sound like we try to sell it don't we uh well no not really and uh, but it, it i think i think it's very true and the the the, the way we we usually do it you know uh, through through interviews and uh, uh it it's the superposition of the the results of different interviews on top of one another you know, when you when you look at how uh, uh a decision can have many masters, almost like uh, you know, a cat can uh, you know, you know the, the story that uh, there was a cat found and uh, people were were asking who who owns it, and uh, half the families on the street said it's their cat and their because they feed it. Yeah, so uh, it's it's like you know who owns this decision, and then half the the hands in the room shoot up because the people think that they are they are the ones making the decision. Uh, so it's uh, it, it's kind of similarity uh, and, and exactly, but, uh, exactly opposite is when you act who is accountable for the decision but the, the, yeah. the hands go down with you know clap on the on the knee so loud that it's deafening like so okay you're all responsible who is accountable <laughs> <laughs> but i would i would also add add another thing that uh, not only that the, the data sources are are a good uh, uh, kind of uh, telltale sign of uh, whether someone is uh, making a decision based on, on the inputs or on their ego, but also feedback loops. Uh, you, you mentioned you know, whether they confirm the, the, the decision, but the, the, the question is what, what they're actually confirming, whether they confirm that whether the decision is right or whether they confirm the results of their decision. Because uh, it's a subset if, of if the you data. Build it into, I, if you I build it into a feedback loop, mm-hmm. 
It is, but it's 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 a very special and I think very precious piece of data. Absolutely. Uh, actually, yes, make a decision, implement it, but then ask for results and correct your your process. Feedback loops. There's a whole section that we always always do on on feedback loops, and I think think it's worth mentioning. Absolutely, and uh, it uh, drives us uh, back to our one of our favorite topics, meaning uh, select your measurements, not only your targets. Because your feedback loops are your your measure me, measure uh, measure metrics points, metrics sorry uh, your your metrics. Uh, I need we need like a separate separate topic the podcast just about about uh, metrics and 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 targets. Mm. So just to conclude, uh, there are different types of egos. An, an ego is a good thing. Uh, the ego, <laughs> uh, or, or an, an overinflated ego, maybe not so much. Uh, you can nurture ego into a creative force. Um, you should be able to distinguish between the two by looking at data and looking at, at feedback from team members, from peers, from the results themselves. Um, do we have any more like conclusions? Programming is not a repetitive uh, activity, uh, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, so I think that's uh, that's all we have time for now. Uh, before uh, you 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 know insult another one of my past jobs. Uh, I hope this was of use to, to someone. Thank you for listening. Don't miss the next episode, where we'll be talking to Ambrose Wong, the CEO of Serai, a Hong Kong financial startup launched three years ago under the auspices of HSBC, and which is now closing down after failing to build a commercially viable business. Subscribe on your favorite podcast platform or visit bdr.show to find out more about future episodes and guests you can also check out Cognition.llc for more information on Cognition Shared Solutions, our services, and other events hosted by us. For now, it's thank you from myself, your friendly neighborhood data guy, Dr. Marian Siwiak, and my co-host, Artur Guja. Thank you.